Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. You know, just some people are just, they don't get it. They're so flat out inconsiderate. They're so consumed with themselves. They don't do the things that you need to do when you are planning events. And it's just flat out maddening. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Series XM Channel 80 presented by Progressive Insurance. Said when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance, visit Progressive.com. I heard this from you this morning, and I'm not going to lie. I was angry for you. Who's getting married during football season? What's going yeah. on? Yeah, I don't understand that. Now, big fella, I'm a firm believer that wedding season is between April and August. Yeah. If it's outside of those months, then you got to have a damn good reason for it, okay? Like somebody's sick, and you got to have them at the wedding, so you need time for them to get better, that kind of thing. It's got to be a good reason for a wedding date to fall outside of those months. April to August, that's wedding season. Anything else is just an outlier, right? Mm -hmm. But especially when we start talking about football season. That's when, for me, it gets really, really dicey. And you got to have, a again, a really good excuse as to why the wedding couldn't be any of the other months of the year. So my wife has two really good friends that are getting married the third weekend in September in Atlanta. Now, I'm not going to give their names out on air, but they know who they are. Uh, and I, I like them. I, I, I really do like them. But I feel like this is, this is a bad job. Like, this is a bad look for them to have their wedding on a weekend in the fall when we've got not only college football, but pro football popping off, too. Now, you know me. I like to settle in on Saturday, Sunday, watch the games, all of that good stuff. Now, I will give them this credit. They are having the wedding on a Friday afternoon so it's not on saturday or sunday i will give them credit for that but then on the flip side it's like you're having a wedding in a major metropolitan city in the afternoon notorious for traffic by the way exactly like it's a 5 30 wedding in atlanta on a friday afternoon and people are coming from other places are there events around the weekend See, now this is where I have to take some of the credit that I just gave them back. So they are having a brunch, a send-off brunch on Saturday that's going from like noon to 6. So realistically, my wife and I probably won't be able to get out of town until Sunday morning. Again, it's going to affect my football viewing throughout the course of the weekend, which is why I feel like they're being bad people by having a wedding on a football Friday in the fall. You should, you, first of all, you just shouldn't do it. Secondly, don't have an event on Saturday that keeps me there until Sunday morning. I mean, if you're going to have the event on a Saturday, why not just do the wedding on a Saturday? That way you take some of the stress of me having to get there early on Friday. See, there are all these problems that they created by doing this non-traditional wedding. And I get it. Everybody wants to put their own spin on their nuptials. Cool. I just don't understand why we got to do it on the weekend in the fall. Help okay. me out with that one. Am I being the bad guy, well, let me ask, or are they the bad people? Let me ask you a couple of questions. All right. Number one, are either of the couple uh, sports fans? Yes, the husband is. The, the, husband's fiance, the, 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 the husband will. He so is somebody was involved in this discussion that would understand exactly what they were doing, mm-hmm. in theory. So that's, that's number one. Okay. Number two, how good a friend? They're, they're her friends, and they're really good friends, All right. especially the wife. 
she's a really good friend yeah. of of my wife's. So yeah. I, I think like there and and my wife has kind of been lockstep with her, like in terms of helping with some of the wedding planning stuff. So you're dead in the water there. I, I have no choice. I have to be there. How like many, I, I'm, I have to be there. I, and, and we've worked together for a little over a year, mm-hmm. a year, a year and a half. It strikes me that you have too many close friends. <laughs> because, and and it's not. I, I encourage people to have friends. I have friends, but I have tears, like tears of quarterbacks. I have tears of friends, and. Based on those tiers, it's going to determine whether you're getting a check or you're getting me to show up, right? So getting married during football season, just to give you an idea, my wife and I did get married outside of those parameters that you were talking about. You know when we got married? When did you January. Get okay. In, in New York City, A, a little bit cheaper, but B, we got married on the Saturday in between the championship game weekend, and the Super Bowl weekend. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. There's nothing going on that weekend. Exactly. Absolutely nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody appreciated that. They had something to do that weekend. I, um, let's just call it what it is. People are the freaking worst. They are just the worst. And they do not consider others. Yeah, it's your day. I get it. But can you make your day a little more convenient for me? I will come and celebrate you all you want. Oh, you're great. Congratulations. You got married. Only half the world's population does that. It's amazing. And But you can't do it on a time where it's not going to really inconvenience the majority of your friends and family coming to this. Yeah, the majority, that's the crazy thing. The majority of people are coming from out of town. So you're blowing up their weekend. They have to travel on Thursday night so they can be there on Friday because yep. it's a 5.30 wedding with all the Atlanta traffic. Can I tell you? Yeah. We're aware of the great Don LaGreca from 9870 ESPN. Yes, Magic Don Juan, yes. Yes. His brother David got married, and I went to the wedding. It was on a football Sunday in the fall. Bad guy. It was was just crushing. He's a bad guy. Don got up to give the toast, and in this tone, started the toast this way. I'd like to thank my brother for getting married on a football Sunday in the fall. And the whole place laughs, right? Yeah. Don just stops and says, no, really, good job. What are you doing? And he was dead, <laughs> dead serious. It was not for laughs. It was, you have completely screwed us all over. And it's one of those venues where when you're looking for a television, you may as well be asking them to find you a barber shop in there or, or something just completely ridiculous that you would never find. Oh, my God, a TV? How would a, a wedding venue ever have a TV? No, nowhere to be found. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's like if you're going to do that, then you at least have the games on the flat screens in the reception hall so people can watch the game. They can get their drinks and they can get their food. They can huddle up around the screens if they're interested and watch the games. At least do that solid for folks. Cam, Mikey C., let's bring you in for a second. Do either of you have weddings to attend this fall? I do. I have a wedding the final week of September. It's a Friday. Uh, so I believe I'll be able to be back or and or 
not have to do something so on Saturday. there's a seven-hour brunch on Saturday? Not that I know of, but it is a relative, so there could be activities during the day on Saturday. Hopefully for Sunday I'll be clear, uh, as I'm a bigger NFL fan than a college football fan. Can't, See, here's the problem that I have, though, Cam. Like, you're, you're, you're getting it on the cheap because you're having it on Friday as opposed to the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. So there's savings there. But then you're doing it in the fall which is cheaper than if you're doing it in the spring or the summer. So you're getting savings there. My point is this. These people are getting it coming in. They're getting it going. Like, I get wanting to have a discount, but you can't have everything you want. No, you can't. Yeah. And these friends are not – they're not poor creators. They're well-to-do. They have great careers. And I'm not trying to get in anybody's pockets, but I'm just saying a little bit of savings – A little bit of savings is one thing. But like, come on now! You're you're doing you're doing a little bit too much trying to get it on a Friday in the fall. No, no, you know what you do then? You're doing you too much. That's what you do. You will at that point. At that point, that's what you're talking about. Yep. You will It's just it's ridiculous. I, I I'm I'm I I I'm doing it under protest because it's happy wife, happy life, and I want my wife to be happy, and I'm gonna go down there to support her friends, but I don't like it at all. I don't well, like it at all. Here's what I'm hoping over the next few years and of you, marriage. You know, hold on, hold on. And I'm not done yet. You know another thing? You know another thing that really burns me up about this whole deal? He reached out to me, that being the groom, to get my jewelry guy to connect to body engagement ring. Oh, man. Come on, man. Like, I did you a solid. You can't look out for me by not having the wedding in the fall? And it's my job to talk about sports. <laughs> First of all, let's be clear. He puts you out when we all know that when we're at that time where we're going to get a ring and you tell your friends that, everybody's got a guy. Like, he didn't have to go to you. Oh, I got a guy. I got a guy. I but, I a guy. Mean, but I really do have a guy. Yes. I really do have a guy. Yes. I really do have a guy. I do, too. And I hooked him up with my guy. And I'm just like, yo, I gave you the hookup. You can't look out for me by no. not having the wedding. He wasn't. Who fall? gave him the hookup? He gave you the old screw job. You know he wasn't making that call when the wedding was. L- listen, with the ring he got her, he should have been making that call. <laughs> All thanks to you. With the, with the ring yeah. he got her, he what, should be making that call. You, you go try that logic at home to see how it works out for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kenty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. In for Grinny, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune into an AL East rivalry tomorrow as the Yankees host the Red Sox. Coverage begins at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Oh, in just moments, it is one of the great, great segments of this show. It is known as Kenny or Canty, and it includes an MVP candidate from a few years ago, a disaster last year. Will it be this year? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. What's clear is we shouldn't look for Carlin at a wedding. <laughs> that That's becoming clear. You know that's what? One true. day just... on the show, we're going to have to break down your tiers of friendship. Because Do... I, I, like, I feel like that's something that we got to get into. Do you disagree with anything I told you during the break? I don't. I don't, but okay. I feel like we got to put it out there for public consumption. Right, Our well, audience deserves just, to know the tears of friendship, if right. for no other reason, so they don't have to feel guilty when they write a check instead of going to a wedding. Exactly. Where they're not, they're, the friend that they're going to support is not in the inner circle. I was more bummed to know that if Mikey C was in trouble, Carlin's not going to come help me. Jeez. Well, now here's the way I put it, Mikey, okay? Canty and I have worked together for a year and a half. We we knew each other before that. We'd worked together a couple times. But we're obviously much closer now than we were a year and a half ago, right? Yeah, before a year and a half ago, we were just work friends. Now we're right. actual friends. Right. And yeah. and so now, if Canty's getting married, he is on a tier where I will travel for his wedding if it had been this August as opposed to last. Yeah, you would have had to been invited, though. Well, yes. He if would I have had been, been invited. invited. He would have been invited. Yeah, Absolutely. I, exactly. This year, I would have been invited. But then... Like, if Mikey C., who I like, and I think we're friendly, if Mikey C. was getting married in Chicago this weekend... That's not happening. We're not there yet, Mike. And I'm not saying we can't (laughs) ever get there, but, you know, you're going to enjoy a nice check because here's the truth, okay? And you know this, having gone through it last year, I know this. Anybody who's ever getting married knows this. When you get down to toward the deadline of people RSVPing and they haven't, generally speaking, you are praying for no's. Yes! Yes! You are that is so true. And at that point, I'm your best friend. Yes, you are. Because yes, you I'm are. not coming and I'm sending you a check. Which I need to pay for all of the people that we didn't anticipate coming that actually decide they're going to show up. You need me on that wall. I need you on that wall. I need you on that wall. Yeah, I need you to call the code red and not go to my wedding. Lucky for you, Mikey C's not getting married anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I've got. I think I've got your number, Chris. Like, if I called you like at two in the morning and said, "Hey, I'm in jail. I don't got anyone else." I think you might actually. Why bail would you me call out. him first? <laughs> it's, well, that would raise question number one. <laughs> <laughs> like, am I f- your first call? But Mikey, I would show up for you. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, Canty, how I define a friend is, and I've talked about this before, a real friend is somebody who I call at three in the morning and say, I need you to meet me in a park in an hour, bring two shovels and a bag of lot. That's a real friend. That's, That's a, a friend. real friend. That's a real, that, That's a that is tier one. That, that is elite friendship. Exactly. Now I, now, I will say this. If you call me at three in the morning, talk about bailing you out of jail, it depends on what you're in jail for. Exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> depends yeah, on what you're in jail. Yeah, yeah, it depends. If, if, if you're in jail for a murder charge or something like, okay, I might come. In, but if it's like a a bar fight, do you? I'm not coming to get you out of jail. <laughs> no, I'll let get, you. I'll let you dry out. Exactly, you'll, you'll dry out, and I, and somebody will get you in the morning. Sleep not it off. Me. We'll see you tomorrow around noon. Exactly. <laughs> the question is simple: Can he or can't he? But only one man can answer. And that man is Christopher Canty. So we will ask the questions of Chris Canty and find out Canty or Canty. And we begin right here. Can Deshaun Watson be closer to the 2020 version of himself than 2022? Canty or Canty? He can, and it's not a lot to do with Deshaun Watson as much as it is about the supporting cast around him. He's got an all-pro running back in Nick Chubb, a top-five offensive line. He's got a 1,000-yard receiver in Amari Cooper, not to mention David Njoku, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And you've got a defense that's led by probably the best sack artist in the National Football League in Miles Garrett. Yeah, Deshaun Watson should be closer to the best version of himself that we saw in Houston as opposed to the shell that we saw in six games in Cleveland last year. Can Mike Tomlin keep the Steelers out of the division cellar for the 35th straight year? Can he or can't he? He can. I mean, the last time the Steelers finished last in their division, you got to go back to the AFC Central. Like, the AFC North wasn't even a thing back then. Like, so, like, yes, yes. The, the, the Steelers are not going to be below 500. I mean, there are three things in life that are certain. Taxes, death, and Mike Tomlin being 500 or better. Yeah, I, I think they'll stay out of the cellar in that division. It'll probably be close, but I think they'll stay out of the cellar. Oh, can't he? Bubby Brister was their quarterback. I mean, I just, like, talk about a visceral reaction. That's like, that's like, that's not even, that's Tecmo Bowl. That's oh. old school right there. Wow. Can Todd Munkin unlock Lamar Jackson's full potential, Kenny or Canty? He can. They're going to play basketball on grass, and spreading people out is just going to create more space for Lamar Jackson to do his thing, not just running the football, but actually being able to buy time and hit his receivers. Uh, again, I think opening up the offense makes the Ravens a little more unpredictable, and them being more balanced on offense is going to lead to more explosive plays in the passing game. So, yeah, I'm going to say Todd Munkin can unlock Lamar Jackson. We get a chance to see – how special he is as a quarterback using his arm. It is the game, can he or can't he? Can DJ Moore do for Justin Fields what A.J. Brown did for Jalen Hurts? Can he or can't he? He can. Did you see the first time DJ Moore touched the ball in a game for the Chicago Bears? In fact, I did. Yeah, he took a bubble screen 70 yards to the house. So, yeah, I mean, DJ Moore is downright dominant. Remember that game where he caught that touchdown pass against the Atlanta Falcons at the end of it? Now, he had a bone... Bonehead unsportsmanlike conduct after that. But the catch was unbelievable. When yep. you got a receiver that has that kind of catch radius and that kind of playmaking ability, you're damn right it's going to make a huge difference for Justin Fields because now he's got a weapon that can dictate front and coverage in, in DJ Moore, and that's going to create a lot more opportunities for Fields as well as all the other skill position players. Can B. John Robinson run the Falcons to an unlikely NFC South title, Kenny or can't he? He can't. And I like B. John Robinson as a talent, but I don't even think he's going to be the best rookie running back in the NFL. I think that's going to belong to Jameer Gibbs. And when I look at the Atlanta Falcons, I I think that they're the third best team in their division behind the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. I I just, I don't see it. Um, I think they've got a lot of work to do on the defensive side of the ball. They've got skill position players on offense, but there's going to be a learning curve with their quarterback in Desmond Ritter. So, no, I don't think it's going to happen. For the Can David Bakhtiari be a legitimate option for the Jets to pursue to fix their offensive line? Can he or can't he? 
Uh, he could be at the trade deadline. I don't think it'll happen early on. It just depends on whether or not the Falcons, I mean, the, the Packers fall out of it. But I'm going to say he can. I think this is something to that that Instagram post with Devontae Adams and, and, and well, not Devontae Adams, Garrett Wilson and uh, Aaron Rodgers saying that he likes his 17s and tagging Bakhtiari. I think there's something there. Can Jim Ursay go a full week without subtweeting Jonathan Taylor? Can he or can't he? He can't. Was understood and got to be said. Jim Ursay can't help himself, and this Jonathan Taylor situation is getting uglier by the day. And finally, can Chris Canty pull off a fur coat? Can he or can't he? You're damn right he can. You're damn <laughs> right he can. If Damian Woody can do it, then damn it, so can I. Now, mine's ain't going to be red. I'm probably going to go with the, the white fur coat or the chinchilla, but, you know, if Damian Woody can do it, then I can do it. I, I got to tell you, I'm disappointed that I have not gotten those white linens yet that we were going to wear for the white party. Well, we're past linen season now, so you ain't got to worry about it. Well, it's not Labor Day yet. Well, we're, we're, we're pretty. We're, we're basically past it. It's, it's time. I think you got to check your, you know, etiquette and on what's appropriate, fashionably, and not because you know you're going to talk. We'll get to it for the white party next year. How about that? Okay. You know what? I'll get you the linens when you pay off the bet that you lost with the dinner. Oh, I still have to do that. You still have to do that. I yes. forgot about that. You forgot. I did about pay that. off the other one with the whiskey. You did. You did. You did. Tune in Sunday. It's the Little League Classic live from Williamsport at Historic Bowman Field as the Phillies battle the Nationals. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, and at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Next, a Hall of Famer gives the final word on the best course of action when it comes to rookie quarterbacks. It's next. Canty uh, Canty and Carlin, not Kenny or Canty. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. It's been all Lionel Richie after the Chris Russo rant. You'll hear that in 10 minutes. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. And on your smart speaker, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Not often we get a chance to talk to a Hall of Famer, and we will do that right now as we welcome in Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon. You can follow him on Twitter or X, uh, at WMoon1. Did an interview with Anscape's uh, Jason Reed about Anthony Richardson winning the QB1 job with the Indianapolis Colts. So let's start there. Warren, we appreciate the time. Um, When you look at a a kid like this who is going to start right away, great athleticism, but only started one year in college, how do you find that balance between we're going to throw you to the wolves and we're going to let you sit for a while and watch, especially – when there are questions surrounding whether or not your star running back is going to play. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest part of the question. Thanks for having me on this morning. Um, you know, whether uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to be there or not, because he, he will be a big reason why Anthony Richardson has success or not. Uh, because if you have a, a good running game to go along with trying to develop a young quarterback, it's going to really take a lot of pressure off him, as well as having uh, some weapons on the outside, whether it's Michael Pittman Jr. or – Isaiah McKenzie or any of the other guys that he has, uh, you want to try and take as much pressure off the young guy as possible and you keep things as simple as possible. But I think as you look at what uh, Shane Steichen has gone through the last few years developing uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, I think he sees a bigger, faster, 
more athletic guy at that position that he can do some of the same things with us. And it took Jalen a couple of years to get to where he is right now, and I think they can do the same thing developing Anthony Richardson uh, going forward. So, yes, he doesn't have a lot of experience behind him, but I think, I think you can keep things simple enough with having a good, strong running game. And then also Anthony Richardson is a really good runner himself, so you can, uh, you, you can lessen the amount of times that he has to throw the football by running the ball a little bit more in, in high-percentage throws. Warren, the proliferation of the black quarterback has really been incredible the last few years. Not only are we talking about the three top rookie quarterbacks all being black and potentially being poised to be week one starters, but of the, four, uh, of the 32 starting quarterback jobs, 14 of those are black quarterbacks. How does that make you feel considering the fact that you were one of the pioneers for black quarterbacks at the position? Yeah, Chris, that's something that uh, really makes me proud. And, uh, you know, I stick my chest out a little bit further each time I see one of these guys playing because I, I know what guys before me went through to try and play the position. There was a lot of guys that didn't get that opportunity and had to change positions. Uh, a lot of them uh, didn't take it very well. Some of them, you know, went to drugs and alcohol because they, they were trying to deal with the fact that they were denied some guys were a little bit stronger and could deal with it and went ahead and changed positions. And then there were guys like myself who were stubborn and, and didn't want to change positions but had to go you know, to another league in order to play the position. So I, I know what the progress has been, the history of the position with African Americans at the quarterback position, but I'm very proud to see where it's uh, advanced to. And uh, these guys are doing a great job of carrying the mantle. Warren Moon, the Hall of Fame quarterback, joining us. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Warren, what was your biggest challenge back then as being uh, one of those people who broke through as a black quarterback in the NFL? I think just getting uh, people to take me seriously. You know, I, I just think during the day when I came out of college, there was no NFL combine. So there wasn't a place where I could go like other quarterbacks do today and show what they can do. Basically, you had individual workouts. Uh, teams would come out and work you out and, and see what you're capable of doing. Nobody asked me to do an individual workout. So uh, I knew, it, and through my attorney, Lee Steinberg at the time, who was doing due diligence on me as well, we just knew there wasn't a whole lot of interest around the league uh, for teams wanting me to play that position. They wanted to move me to a position that I knew I probably would not make the NFL uh, as a wide receiver or a defensive back. And then teams that might have drafted me as a quarterback it would have been and there were 12 rounds at that time it would have been somewhere in the 11th or 12th round and I still wasn't assured I was going to be able to play quarterback so that's why I took the opportunity to go to, to Canada where they were giving me the chance to play quarterback and they felt like I could be a, a really good one and didn't understand why the NFL wasn't allowing me uh, to play the position and that's where I went and and uh, had a lot of success at one time, thought I was going to stay up there my whole career because I enjoyed it that much. But in the back of my mind, there was this burning desire to, to wonder just how good am I? Can I play with these guys? Can I play with the best players in the world and, and be successful at quarterback? And that's one of the things that brought me back to the NFL to play. Is Once teams were interested in me, I said, I think I'm going to go back just to find out for myself, am I good enough to play against the best? Warren, what advice would you give Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud as they're getting their pro careers started as the face of the franchise? What pitfalls do they need to avoid? Uh, I, I think they just have to kind of blur out the outside noise. Don't listen to what any critics have to say. Don't li listen to any of the analysts. Uh, just stay focused on what you're, 
being asked to learn right now. And hopefully your offensive coordinator will look at the things that you do best. I'm sure he has an idea of what those things are from what you did in college. And he will incorporate some of those things into the offense so you'll have a chance to have more success where your learning curve you know, isn't that wide because uh, you're doing things that you've been accustomed to and you've had success with. And I think that's where uh, play callers nowadays are doing a much better job with younger quarterbacks is they're applying the things they did in college to those offenses. And I think you're seeing a lot more younger guys come into the league that are asked to play right away. They're having more success because they're not trying to ask these young quarterbacks to uh, do something that they, they're they not accustomed to doing. And uh, I think you're seeing the results of that when you see rookies come in and have a lot of success early. Warren Moon with us, the Hall of Fame quarterback. Look at Dak Prescott for a minute. Evaluate him, Warren. Where is he as far as the Cowboys and their long-term ability to win with him as their starter? And I, when I say win, I mean Super Bowl. I think, uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys can win with Dak Prescott, but don't ask him to do more than what Dak Prescott uh, is able to do. And I think they ask him to do that at certain times uh, throughout his career. If you go back into Dak's first couple of years in the league, when, when uh, he was really having great success, they were winning you know, 11, 12, 13 ball games. And uh, you know he was throwing few interceptions, but he was only throwing the ball anywhere from maybe 22 to 28 times a football game, but very, very productive with those throws. And then they were running the football with Ezekiel Elliott. I think they need to get back to that type of uh, mixture of, of run pass and not put the ball in his hands, you know, 35, 40 times a game where he'll be uh, asked, you know, to make some throws that he probably shouldn't make. And that's where the, the bad plays come in. So that's what they need to get back to. And hopefully Mike McCarthy will do that with his play calling this year uh, just to protect his, his quarterback. But Dak is a very, very good quarterback. There's no question about it. But a lot of quarterbacks, if you ask them to do more than what they're capable of doing, you're not going to get the results you want. Warren, I'm curious to get your take on Russell Wilson. I know he's a guy that you've watched up close and personal and know very well from his time in Seattle. Just just want to get your thoughts on how you think the the styles will blend together with what you've seen from him over the years and how Sean Payton likes to coach offense and quarterbacks in particular. Yeah, you know, I know Russell um, kind of wanted to do some of the things that he was doing last year. He wanted to be more of a, a in-the-pocket passer, but – you know, that's not what made Russell special in Seattle. He was a guy that was elusive, who could make plays outside the pocket, extend plays, uh, off-platform type plays. And that's what he needs to get back more to. And I think Sean is, is smart enough as a, a, a play caller, an offensive coordinator, an offensive mind, that he'll take a look at everything Russell does well, and those are the things that he'll incorporate into that offense and try and keep him away from some of the things of, of trying to be a pocket passer because – at five foot ten and a half, it's it's tough inside that pocket to try and find the whole field. I know for me at six foot three, you know, I had times having vision problems. So I know it's tougher for him, you know, five inches shorter. Um, so it takes away part, a big part of the field, especially the middle part of the field, where you need to be able to exploit the defense. Most of Russell's throws, if you look at him over the last ten years, have been on the outside, outside the numbers. So you want you don't want to uh, eliminate that part of the field, but sometimes you have to because of, of, of his height deficiency. So I think Sean will get back to doing some of the things that make, made Russell uh, special, get him on the move a little bit more, moving the pocket around, a lot of bootlegs and waggles, 
uh, and, and great play action down the field throws because he's really good at down the field throws. So those are the things I think they'll incorporate and kind of get away from some of the drop back stuff. And then on the Russell side, he's just got to be more committed to just football and get away from some of the other things that he was, I think, getting too involved in with his with his uh, his brand and his social media and all those different things. Don't forget what uh, butters the bread. But what butters the bread is football. So get back to football, make that your number one priority, and I think Russell's a good enough player that if, uh, he can make things happen again like he did in Seattle. Warren, awesome stuff. We appreciate the insight. Thanks so much. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. Warren Moon, Hall of Fame quarterback, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I used to enjoy watching him play so much. Oh, he was the best, man. That run-and-shoot offense down in Houston. Are you kidding me? And just, I still feel like one of the most underrated quarterbacks to ever play. Oh, there's no question. Yeah. There's no question. He's a Hall of Famer. You can be a Hall of Famer and still underrated, and that's what Warren Moon is. And I never felt sicker for a professional athlete than I did for him and what happened in Buffalo in that playoff game. Yeah. That wasn't great. I remember watching that. Well, Canty, we have been talking about it all week. We have got to get to it. They are who we thought they were. Playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? You kidding me? Hello? You play to win the game. Rant of the day. And it comes from earlier in the week. On Wednesday, our buddy Christopher Mad Dog Russo, of course, with his weekly appearance on First Take. Anybody see what Lionel Richie did this weekend? Hello? Friday night, Lionel Richie played at TD Bank North. The weather this week in the New York area was absolutely glorious. Saturday, he was going to play Madison Square Garden. 19,000 people putting their life earnings to go to that event. 50th wedding anniversaries, mom and dad, grandpa, the whole nine yards. Did you know that Richie tweeted out an hour after the show was supposed to start with everybody in the garden that he couldn't make it? What? He had travel issues coming from Boston. Walk here. Wheels up. <laughs> Pull up Stephen A. Figure out a way to get here at 10 o'clock at night on Saturday with everybody having spent a fortune to get into the building, food, drinks, parking, or wherever to go. And he tweets at 9, 10 o'clock at night, I can't make it. But you can come back Monday. We'll make sure the ticket stands. Well, it's a weekend. People travel in to see this. That is a complete, utter disgrace. He said he had travel issues. You know what you do? You leave TD back north on Friday night. You take in a cellar. You get your rear out of the garden and you play. That is a joke. I can't believe that. I just got an image of, you know, Lionel Richie jumping on the Acela is sitting Let next to Joe Biden. <laughs> Let me tell you what ain't going to happen. Lionel Richie getting on the Acela. That ain't I, how he roll. Yeah. Listen, now, as I said, I saw Lionel Richie a few summers ago at uh, what is now, well, the Garden State Art Center in New Jersey. It's kind of an open amphitheater. Canty, amazing show. Mm-hmm. And if you look back at all of his stuff, the Commodore stuff, uh, lady, uh, brick house, night shift, three times a lady, easy, uh, walk, dancing on the ceiling. I mean, the hits just kept coming. It was unbelievable. But this is a problem. That That mm. is rough. Um, when you say an hour late on Friday night, at the very least, you got to be able to cancel that somewhat earlier in the day. 
Yeah, that, that's like when you have those situations where baseball teams know it's going to be a rainout based on the weather forecast. Yes, and, and they don't call the game early in the day. We so used people to call make their the way out to the stadium. They pay for parking. They get all of this stuff on, only to have the game canceled. Like yep. it feels like it's one of those type of situations with Lionel Richie in the Garden uh, the, a couple of weekends ago. So dog is not wrong. Dog has has a bone to pick, so to speak. I, I just have a hard time being mad at Lionel Richie because he's Lionel Richie. I know. I, I, he's so good. He's so good. And, you know, Bubba was not happy because he was supposed to go see Bruce Springsteen in Philly, who's uh, who's ill, apparently, and they had to postpone that. But let me tell you something. If Bruce Springsteen isn't showing up to a gig, he, he must be on his deathbed, and I hope that's not the case. But, like, he can't move because he's that guy powers through everything. Yeah, that's different than having travel issues like Lionel Richie, right? Like he's having to postpone not only that date, but the rest of his concert dates. There's something going on there. I don't know how Bubba could have a beef with that. Yeah, but do you think it's – is it really fair to say travel issues when it's Boston and New York? Like yeah. couldn't get from the West Coast. Jump on a Merritt Parkway. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.